0: You are locked on Cougars welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the podcast hope you all are doing fantastic out there in Cougar Nation a lot to get to ahead on today's show we begin our countdown to BYU football spring ball with a look at position group by position group the major questions the three major questions I should say facing each of them today we'll talk about one on defense and the defensive tackles and one on offense the quarterback position the three questions we are most wanting answers to in the month-long camp to Come. We'll get to that. We'll also talk about a new mock draft out there that features two former Cougars being picked in the NFL draft. One of them, a surprisingly high selection, that we'll delve into. And of course, we will catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you when you stop by. All right, without further ado on this Tuesday, Let's get right to it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 15th, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there, and thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And a big thank you for your guys' continued patronage and your, I guess, overall support of this venture. It's so much fun to be with you guys each day, and a big thank you for your support. As always, all right. As we get going on today's show, a little bit of a preview. Of what we're going to be doing over the next week or so, I guess, it'll be mostly the next two weeks. As we get ready for BYU football and spring ball beginning February 28th, it's crazy to me that February is going to feature BYU spring ball. But with how BYU semesters are so compacted, they have to get it in before finals begins, and they're going to go a month long from February 28th to March 27th, and that's when spring ball is going to be this year. And I think each position group has three questions. I've kind of capped it at that. The three major questions each position group has to answer or needs to have answered in the month-long camp to come. So that's kind of be the premise of where we go on each of these position groups. And today we're going to do two different position groups, one of them being the quarterback position, the other the defensive tackle position. And we're actually going to start off on the defensive side of the football today and talk about defensive tackles. And I'm going to make you guys wait for a little bit. To talk about quarterbacks. But on the defensive tackle front, I think the biggest question, question number one for the defensive tackles this year, are the guys who were the main contributors last year. And you can think of that defensive tackle position mainly consisting of Atunaisa Mahe at nose tackle, also flanked by Caden Haas at that nose tackle position. And then at the opposite, what they called their defensive tackle position, they had Earl Tuioti Mariner, Gabe Summers, and to a lesser degree, a guy like John Nelson was also in the mix at that position for part of the 2021 campaign. The big question I have is if the old guard as I term them, Mahe, Haas, Tuyoti Mariner, Summers et al, guys who were on the roster in 2021 and saw pretty significant playing time, I think the first four names I mentioned there are the guys who saw the bulk of those reps, will they step forward? BYU's defensive performance on the back end of their schedule in 2021, it fell off a cliff and by and large the defensive outings for BYU were not good overall in 2021 outside of really the first three or four games. And that's when Keenan Peely was healthy. The linebacking core had its full complement of players. And it seems like the linebacking core really was the backbone of what made BYU successful or not during 2021. The issue at hand, though, is you need more from the defensive line. And in particular, you need to have a stout middle. Think back when Kyrus Tonga was patrolling that nose tackle position for BYU did he take plays off? Absolutely but you knew he was going to give you everything he got by and large and he was also flanked by two other great defensive linemen in Brackenell, bakery and Zach Daw who were more of defensive tackles rather than defensive ends despite being listed at defensive end but they made up a nice spine for BYU's defensive line. They made it stout in the middle. They made it tough to run on BYU that was not the case in 2021 especially on the back half of that season. You want to see if these older dudes, the guys who are going to be the veterans of this unit, will they step forward or will they shrink from the opportunity they have to improve and get better? It is my sincere hope and it is my belief that they will continue to get better. I think with only extra time to work out find themselves in the weight room, understand the scheme better, all that stuff. You hope that you continue to see that progression from each of these guys. Now, question number two, which of the new guard in that defensive tackle room or those defensive tackle positions will come in and make an impact, shake things up, make a move up the depth chart, and maybe unseat one or two of those quote-unquote old guard? I think you have two names that I'm looking at mainly, in my opinion, in Bruce Mitchell and Brooks Miley. Both of them are return missionaries who have yet to play college football, but both of them were highly thought of prospects coming out of the Utah high school ranks when they were in high school. Bruce Mitchell is a little more underrated considering he played only at the two way level at South Summit High School, a high school that is very, very successful at the level it plays at, but the level of competition is the big question mark for a guy like Bruce Mitchell. Brooks Miley prepped at Pineview High School down there in southern Utah in the St. Georgia area, and he played against 4 and 5A competition and he should be better seasoned and maybe a little ahead of where Bruce Mitchell is at. The interesting part will be is if either one or maybe a surprise name at this defensive tackle position emerges during spring ball, vaults up the depth chart and establishes themselves as a rotation player going into the summer and on into training camp later on in August. I would love to see that. I think it would be a welcome... How how, how do I say this? It'd be a welcome... uh, break from the storyline that BYU's defensive line is going to be Charmin soft and is going to allow teams to run all over them in 2022. BYU cannot afford that. Let's be very clear about that. And if one or maybe both of these guys are capable of getting a guy that's in front of them, let's say in the case of a Brux Miley where he figures to probably play more of that defensive tackle position, if he can come in and give Gabe Summers and Earl Tuyoti Mariner everything they can handle and make them sweat a bit or at least pass one of them and become maybe a rotation guy, a second stringer, that type of a deal in spring ball alone, that actually bodes well for the future of the position because that means that he is ahead of schedule with regards to his development as a player. Similar storyline for Bruce Mitchell. I watched him at the high school level and he was a man amongst boys in the 2A ranks. He was bigger than everybody else uh, despite weighing only like 250-260 pounds. He has put on the requisite weight uh, since coming home from his mission based on what I understand and should be ready to go and contribute. Hopefully his uh, development kind of off to the side, working on his own in the weight room as a gray shirt this past season, has paid dividends, and he can step forward and really show what he can do. Now, the third question for this defensive tackle position is, what will the alignment be? I'm a broken record on this. I'm going to continue to harp on this until we see a clear delineation of what BYU's defensive philosophy is going to be. Is BYU a four-man alignment or a three-man alignment? What I mean by that is, In a four-man alignment, you usually have two defensive tackles. In BYU's parlance, you have that nose tackle position and a defensive tackle who are on the field for most of the plays. In a three-man alignment, you really only have one nose tackle position, and then the defensive end positions are kind of hybrid defensive tackle slash defensive end positions. I want to see which way BYU is leaning. Will they continue to really screw with guys and go from a four-man alignment to a three-man alignment on a week-in and week-out basis? That is only going to hamper the development of these players because they're trying to get the skill set down to succeed whether it's in a four-man alignment or a three-man alignment. You need to narrow in on what is your philosophy as a defensive coaching staff. Will we get an answer on that in spring ball? I'm going to do my best to dig down and get an answer on that, but at the same time, Time. If history is any indication of what the future might hold, I guess more of the same is coming and that might mean BYU week by week. Oh, what are they playing this week? Oh, they're playing a drop drop eight rush three scheme. Oh, this week it's a four-three. Oh, now it's a four-two-five. I don't know what to expect, but I hope that spring ball can bring some clarification for those defensive linemen, especially at those tackle positions. Now, coming up in a minute, we'll flip over to the offense, talk about the quarterback position, the three questions I have most for BYU's signal callers, and in one case, their signal caller. Speaking of Jaron Hall, we'll get to that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline. Football might be over, I know that's disappointing to hear, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops right now. And from the, for all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline, betonline excuse me, remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball, my friends. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right down to your Olympic coverage and information. And maybe at some point, maybe some baseball. Who knows? We'll have to see what the lockout continues to do there, but keep an eye on it. Head to the website today, that's betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at BetOnline. It's all courtesy of our friends at betonline.net, where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. Thanks for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. We are, of course, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And like I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, if you did not hear it, we are in the final stages of getting the YouTube channel up and running. Yes, you'll be able to bask in my glory and look at my lovely face. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but regardless, we will be on YouTube in very short order. Looking forward to that, and hopefully you guys will enjoy it as much as, I guess, the old-school podcast format. It won't be changing much in terms of what we do on a day-to-day basis, it just so happens there'll be a video component to all of this. So get ready for that. It is on its way. All right. Continuing on now with our three questions for BYU's quarterback position on offense as we get ready for spring camp. It's crazy to think it was. it's two weeks from yesterday that spring camp will be getting underway in Provo. Looking forward to covering it. I have no clue if we're going to be able to cover it in person this year. I would venture a guess that we will not be covering it in person once again. And that'll continue a two year trend of working via Zoom and all that stuff. I, I don't like it, but I also understand that the circumstances be what they are. But regardless, the quarterback position continues to dominate headlines at BYU, even if there is not a quote-unquote quarterback controversy for BYU going into spring ball. Jaron Hall is far and away your number one quarterback. There's no doubt about that. Number three is going to be number one on the depth chart, barring something completely unforeseen out of left field going into this fall. He is the guy for BYU, but the biggest thing, for I think, for Jaron Hall, and this is question number one for the quarterback position group, is what is Jaron Hall's level of progression this year versus what it's been in the past? Based on what I understand, he had a foot injury that really hampered him in the lead-up to the bowl game, but he has apparently recovered to a point where he's working out. I've seen him, videos of him working out with his private trainer. It's a rehabilitation-slash-chiropractic clinic he's working out with. I've seen videos of him working out with Dustin Smith at QB Elite. I have no reason to think that he will not be full go entering spring ball and full go is relative because Jaron Hall doesn't have to go out there and prove what he can do in spring ball the question is how much development will he get will his work be in terms of the overall knowledge of the game working in the film room sitting alongside Aaron Roderick and the other quarterbacks just understanding nuances coverages recognizing that on the field when you step out there and the team starts to really roll coverages, you have to have that as a quarterback. I think you saw him progress in that during the 2021 season, but the question will be, how much more progression does he make during this upcoming spring period? And also, how much does he really need to show? Because I'll be honest, I don't, like I said, I don't anticipate being out there every day, being able to watch that progression, but I will have my eyes and ears, you know, my practice insiders, they feed us information. I'll be looking forward to hear what they see from him during the spring practice period. The hope is that he has a healthy spring, he comes out of 100%, he gets the work he needs in the spring period, but at the same time, he continues to improve as a quarterback. I have a faith that Jaron Hall is going to be an NFL quarterback. He may not be a first-round draft. Draft pick a la Zach Wilson but this is a kid who I think we picked in the NFL draft and it is my opinion that this upcoming season unless he misses the majority of the season with an injury which the injury concern is still very much right there for him I think if he has a successful campaign this fall, you will see him decide it's time to turn pro and he will enter his name into the NFL draft despite having uh, eligibility remaining. And I don't blame him one bit. He's an older prospect. Zach did not go on a mission like Jaron did. And Jaron will have to make a decision about his future. And I think it will be coming next offseason. So this time next year, we could be hearing about Jaron Hall in mock drafts. We need to get to a mock draft. We'll get to here in just a little bit. Now, question number two. This is a pretty obvious one, I feel like. Who is the number two quarterback for BYU? Baylor Romney has exited the program for the time being. Aaron Roderick has made it clear, though, that if, if Baylor wants to return to the BYU football program, they will take him back. He has institutional knowledge, literally years of being tootled uh, by, is tootle the word, actually? I don't know. He's been coached up by Aaron Roderick for years now to understand the intricacies of BYU's offense, and he's been a very good player when he's been on the field for BYU. If he decides he wants, to continue to play football and he wants to do it in provo, BYU will welcome him back. In the meantime though, I think we have a two-man race. I make mean, you might get a three-man race if you want to, for who will be the quote unquote backup quarterback coming out of spring ball. Who are the quarterbacks that figure to enter that? Well, one of them is former four-star prospect Jacob Conover. This is a kid who had offers from all over the country. Uh, the hope is that he will step forward and stake claim to being the heir apparent to Jaron Hall in spring ball. But he will be challenged by two other guys who are highly thought of by the staff, or they would not still be at this quarterback position and playing for BYU. One of them is Boise State transfer Cade Fenegan. I heard rave reviews. I've talked about this on the podcast before. All fall last year, all of season, I kept hearing, man, Cade Finnegan is looking lights out on the scout team. And trust me, I've heard that about Jacob Conover. I have heard it about Baylor Romney. I have heard about guys on the scout team who have looked absolutely lights out, but it's mixed bag when they finally get on the quote unquote travel squad and are part of the actual team. Cade Fennegan did some really good things. I hear he has a really, really strong arm. He has been very well mentored as a young player coming up uh, through the prep ranks, all of that. He's got collegiate experience playing at Boise State for that one season. Funny enough, starting against BYU in that game in 20, it, 2020. And the crazy thing about it is you could see him unseat a kid like Jacob Conover and become the number 2 quarterback. I don't know that necessarily the BYU will announce that at the end of spring ball, but I will have my eyes and ears. Like I said, my practice insiders keeping a very close eye on that quarterback derby for the backup position for the right to be the number two guy behind Jaron Hall. Now, the third question for this quarterback position group is Are any of the other quarterbacks currently on the roster for BYU capable? of making a move. And what I mean by that is J Mayava peters a former three-star prospect, he's probably the best pure athlete at the quarterback's position that BYU has. He has been kind of standing by, doing some things, and hoping that he gets a chance at BYU to be a quarterback in every sense of the word. I don't necessarily know if that is going to come his way. There's also guys on the roster like Nick Billups, a former transfer from Utah, a walk-on to the program, a guy that BYU is giving a chance to play quarterback. In a similar vein to Soljay Maiava-Peters, he is more of a true athlete playing quarterback than maybe a quarterback who is an athlete. And Hopefully that makes sense. There's a a difference there. Guys who have great physical skills, have got a great arm, but maybe aren't the most polished of a quarterback out there there can a guy like Nick Billups make a move this spring or in the case of Soljay Maiva Peters considering he's been spending so much time at the position can either one of them say you know what it is time for me maybe to try another position do I maybe try playing wide receiver at slot or do I go over to the defense and maybe play a safety position that may come this spring, as soon as this spring. I'm not saying that it will, but it could come that early. I don't know. It's just very interesting to me to look at all of that. But I think the biggest thing is you have to hopefully get some clarification on what the future of the position is going to hold in spring ball for BYU at the quarterback position. You don't want to be going into the Big 12 in 2023 saying, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. It could be any of these four or five guys out here. You'd like to have a guy, whether it's Jacob Conover, K. Fennigan, Baylor Romney, or some hot shot grad transfer, who knows, the BYU brings in that steps in and says, no that position when jaron hall is done that's my job you'd like to see that answer start to emerge at least beginning this spring because you don't like i said you do not want to be going into 2023 as byu gets ready to play big boy football to join the big 12 have your debut in the big 12 and all of a sudden be like well we had a quarterback derby over here with five quarterbacks and we'll see who's the best one that emerges over the next three weeks before we have to game prep for our first game that is a recipe for disaster I think you need to start looking at the future and find out who you think the pecking order is going to be of those future quarterbacks, and that's got to begin this spring. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out today's show with some other news and notes involving BYU sports, including a mock draft who has a surprise pick in the mid-rounds. I'm surprised at this, but this guy is pretty well-versed when it comes to the NFL draft. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Rock Auto with the ever-increasing number of makes and models of all vehicles, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you would need. Why would you endure often pointless, seemingly intimidating questioning, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands that their warehouse happens to carry? You've got computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and literally in your pocket on your smartphone. And the best part is, RockAuto. Their goal is to save you time and money when using RockAuto. Why would you willingly choose to spend 30 50 even on 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. For an example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, just $216 from Rock Auto. That's a significant savings of what almost $150. Bucks. It's incredible. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years online. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you can need. Brake pants, lamps, mortar oil, even new carpet, and everything in between. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to all of your auto part needs I can tell you this much they've been a resource that I have used multiple times with my daily driver I am a hundred percent satisfied and encourage you guys to give them a shot as well get to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck or SUV make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need that's rockauto.com Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our friends at Intercap Lending. And there's a reason that no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap Lending. And simply put, Intercap gets deals done. They feature a quick and simple process, but their ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process for you, the consumer. Any of you who have been through the home loan process, the refinance process, no matter what it is when it comes to your home, it can be a very stressful process. That is the goal for Intercap, is to make it as easy as humanly possible. So that way you guys aren't stressing as things play out. And right now, we all have heard about the insane inflation numbers and the corresponding hikes of interest rates to counter that. Well, there's still time for you guys to take advantage of pretty historically low rates. You got to get on it quickly, though. I would encourage you guys to reach out to Locked On's personal loan officer over at Intercap, Steve Carter, and have him help you guys out. He has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners that same quick and simple process, but also made it painless, including Locked On founder, David Locke. I have met with Steve. He's a great dude. You'll get along with him, and I can tell you this much. You will not find a more responsive loan officer than Steve Carter. He's got a direct line. You're welcome to call anytime. 385-800-8528. That is 385-800-8528. The best part is Intercap is headquartered in Utah and has 44 years of experience behind it. They've been in business since 1978, folks. This is not a fly-by- no organization, and they may be headquartered in Utah, but they are licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more than 40 states around the country so they can help you guys out even if you do not live here along the Wasatch Front. So once again, reach out to Steve, 385-800-8528. If you'd like to go online and learn more there, please visit www.intercaplending.com. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. All right, my friends, before we go on this Tuesday edition of the show, let's catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan. And it feels like it's a weekly thing at this point, but Sadie Minor Van Tassel, who is BYU's best overall gymnast, it's clear at this point. She's been named once again the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference uh, as their gymnast of the week for the fifth consecutive week yes five straight weeks Sadie Minor Van Tassel has been honored with this award BYU is now ranked number 19 in the country they beat Boise State for the second week in a row this past Saturday in Boise she secured her fifth straight MRGC gymnast honors of the week after scoring a 39.425 in the all-around against the Broncos really really cool to see and hey At this point, might as well plan on it being next week once again for her. She has been just so steady for the women's gymnastics program. Congratulations to Sadie Minor Van Tassel on that award. Now, one other note before we go here is it is, of course, mock draft season, and there are mock drafts flying around all over the place. And if you want to pick up any single one, it's going to have Tyler Algier in it. Let's be very clear about that. He is going to be anywhere between what I understand to be a third and a fifth round picks, whether that's day two in the third round or maybe early on in day three. He is going to be picked in the NFL draft, and he was invited to the NFL Combine. That's very clearly an indication that multiple teams, if not all teams, have a draftable grade on... uh, on Tyler Algier. Well, a guy that I think is great and a guy who's been on this podcast is Cam Miller. He now works for the Pro Football Network, covers the draft in depth. He actually has a surprise here in his most recent seven-round mock. The first is not all that surprise. Tyler Algier is a third-round pick, number 87 overall to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he adds this about Tyler Algier. With contact balance four days, Tyler Algier is NFL ready from the get-go. The Cardinals need a three-down running back, and that's what Algier is. He can also catch the ball well out of the backfield, run between the tackles, and possesses a sneaky top end speed when he's out in the open field. I don't disagree with any of that. The one thing I think Tyler Algier needs to show most of all, one I guess he needs to show lots of things at the NFL combine, but I think one thing he needs to highlight there that Cam apparently thinks he has. I am not 100% convinced that it's as polished as he may think it is. That is catching the ball out of the backfield. And that's something that coaches and NFL GMs are going to look at very closely when it comes to Algiers' film. Evaluating him as a prospect. Can he catch the ball and be a part of the receiving game, the passing game, out of the backfield? He proves that. he is going to find himself, yeah, very likely, maybe in the third round pick and that'd be fantastic. What a story that would be as a two-star prospect, a preferred walk-on who started at linebacker for BYU and then flipped back over to running back and became the single-season leading rusher. What a story. Very, very cool. And I am going to be here rooting for Tyler Algier. Now, the surprise in this mock draft is in the fourth round. James Empey is a fourth round pick, number 133 overall to my San Francisco 49ers. And I'm not saying this because I am a homer for the 49ers, but I would love this. I love that Fred Warner plays for a team that I root for week in and week out. It is so cool. I'd love nothing more than to see more Cougars playing for the Niners. But here is what is James Empey is thought to have that Cam Miller apparently thinks he could be a mid-round draft pick in a top end of day one, uh, day three, it's not day, day one, day one's the first round, day three. It says, Alex Mack, who is the starter for the 49ers right now, isn't getting any younger, and James MP at one point was considered the top center prospect. I don't know that he was ever considered the top center prospect, but that's pretty cool. Though injuries derailed that MP is more than capable of handling the load when healthy. Perhaps that's after Mack hangs it up and Empey has two has had two years under him to learn the position. Man, that'd be interesting to see James Empey suiting up for the 49ers as their heir apparent at the center position. James is very, very good. I think it was our good friend uh, Jeff Hansen pointed out that, according to Pro Football Focus, James Empey actually had the best pass uh, rush rate of any center in the country this past year, a 91.3 ranking. James, when healthy, is a very, very good offensive line prospect. I think that his not being... Invited to the NFL Combine is absolutely going to hamper his chances of actually getting picked in the draft, but if he goes out on his visits, workouts, pro day at BYU, all that stuff, and impresses enough teams, all it takes is one team to fall in love with you and pick you, and if he's picked in the fourth round, that would be absolutely phenomenal for James Empey. I think he's more likely the back end of day 3, a 6th or a 7th round draft pick. But in some circumstances with that, you'd rather be an undrafted free agent and be able to pick the spot you land. But regardless... Really cool to see that Cam Miller has a lot of love for James Empey and thinks that he could be a mid round draft pick in the NFL. And those are the 49ers. I'd love nothing more than to see Mr. Empey suiting up for another team that I cover and pay very close attention to along the way. All right, that is going to do it for this Tuesday edition of the show. Hope you guys have enjoyed our breakdowns, the three questions facing each of these position groups going into spring ball. We'll have more of these tomorrow on the show. We'll probably split it up. We'll go one offense. one defense tomorrow I'm thinking tomorrow we'll talk probably about wide receivers and then on the opposite side of things the guys who guard those wide receivers in the cornerback unit but hey it's subject to change. If something crazy happens, maybe we'll only do one position group preview. We'll have you guys covered regardless all day long. And make sure you guys join us every single day because we appreciate you guys being our first listen of the day every single day. Now I would encourage you guys to get out and check out Locked On Big 12. you will be joining the Big 12. There is no better time than now to get apprised of everything going on in the Big 12 conference. Our good friend Josh Neighbors is the host of that show. Does a great job covering the Big 12 day in and day out. Get it free and available wherever you get your pod. All right, that'll do it for today's show. A big thank you once again for your support. Have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 15th, 2022, and we will catch you guys manana. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait.